Hi, this is Colton Bates with the Best Real Estate Team, and I'm curious, do you love your home? If so, great. We hope you continue to cherish what you can call yours. But if you had conversations with people who say that the right home for them is hopeless, the market has its challenges, but we don't want your friends, family, and people you know to feel like home ownership is impossible. So we're asking, do you know anyone looking for a new situation, whether it's their first home or a new home? Best is here to provide creative ideas and help those you know feel more prepared and hopeful than ever before. Call me Colton at 675-BEST or visit bestwi.net for all of your real estate needs. Proudly brokered by EXP. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, I am joined by the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter Operations Manager, Cindy Pop and Emmy Whiting. Uh, I didn't know whether or not to call you dog lead anymore. I think that's gone to someone else because you are planning on going somewhere else, at least uh, for a little bit. Yes, I will still be part-time over at the shelter, but um, Marcy is our dog lead now. So she's stepping up, taking over the mantle. Yes, and she deserves it. She works she very does. hard. Yeah, she's a hard worker. That that I do know. I want to say good morning and welcome back to the show to both of you. And who have you brought for me to see today? So we brought Marley, and she is actually the uh, mama of the puppies that we had over there, the litter of puppies. We call them the Fraggle Rock Pups. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And she came in pregnant, and someone just found her walking the highway, and she was very pregnant. So they brought her to us, and then no one came to pick her up. So she had her puppies, and she's very happy to not have the puppies with yeah. her anymore. <laughs> she, she looks uh, uh, much more happy than the last time I saw her. The oh, last yeah. time I went over there and, and got to see the puppies pretty early on. And boy, she was a really protective mama, though. Yes, yeah, she was. She and was a, she good was a mom. very good mom. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's she looks like a blue healer and an Aussie, but she also looks like she's got some chihuahua in her because she is not very big. Is no, she? she is about 20, 25 pounds, yeah. I'd say. And she's like the perfect size for a small apartment or, you know, your home. She's just so easy. Yeah, <laughs> she looks pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Very lovable. Yes, oh, she's yeah. very cuddly. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Even outside, after she kind of got used to me and realized that uh, I give good back scratches, as soon as she's like, okay, this guy's all right. <laughs> she started coming up to me. It, I don't think it'll take long for her to get attached to a family. Yes, yeah. I think she would get attached pretty quick. She looks like she can give and receive all the love in the world. Absolutely sweet. How old is she? Uh, we're thinking around two or three. Around two or yeah. She's still very young yes. then for a yes. dog. Uh, and how, what's her energy level like? Uh, take her on walks. If the kids want to play. Yeah, she's kind of the best of both worlds because she will just sit on your lap and cuddle, but she also will go on a walk. She will jog around the yard. She'll play. So she's kind of the best of both. That's fantastic. Yeah. And she is available for adoption right yes. now. Her name is Marley, folks. We're looking at a two to a three-year-old Aussie Blue Healer Chihuahua mix. Uh, she's an unusual-looking dog. But she's pretty. Uh, the bluest eyes I think I've mm -hmm. seen. Yeah. And uh, a little smaller. Fit great 
in an apartment, and she'll be able to cuddle with you, or if you want to go out, throw a Frisbee. I think she might be able to pick that up pretty quick. So head on down there. Now, Cindy, how was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. Yeah, what'd you do? I had two Thanksgivings. I went to uh, my friend's house for her Thanksgiving, and then I went to my brother's house, and he smoked a turkey for the first time. Oh, and yum! Oh, that it sounds was so good. <laughs> so yeah. you went to a friend's giving? Did you? The... Well, you know what? It's funny. I thought it was going to be a friend's giving because she invited me, and I, you know, she does sometimes do that. Um, but it turned out to be all her family. <laughs> So you were just invited to Thanksgiving. I was just a guest, yeah. But it was still good. I know most of her family anyway, so or at least I've met them a couple times. So you know, I thought it was really unusual. The Associated Press has made Friendsgiving an official word. Yep. uh, Because it's happening so often now Mm -hmm. that uh, there are news stories being produced about it, and (laughs) so they thought, well, we better make this. Official. So this year, Friendsgiving is an official event. Now, how are things at the shelter? Busy? It has been um, really busy. We've kind of slowed down on our intakes purposely because we haven't really been getting a whole lot of adoptions. This month has been better. I think um, this month has been the best month we've had in a while. Yes, especially for cats. Especially for cats. We've gotten a lot of cats out. Oh, that's fantastic. Very wonderful. But as soon as we get one out. We get another one. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the rotation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. As soon as uh, one of those kennels is open, boy, it's full. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually down to 110 cats right now. My gosh. And that's from like 100 and almost 30. Yeah. That's that's what that is. It was a little over. It was, yeah. Yeah. Have you had a lot of interest in that barn cat program that you guys run over there? Have you um, seen a lot of folks come in looking for we that? We actually didn't for a while, and then now we don't have any left. Yeah, or really? any feral, feral barn cats left. Yeah, recently we've had an uh, uptick of people coming yeah. in looking for barn cats. So. You know what it is? It's the winter. Yeah. Every, all the animals are starting to come, come into the in. barn, yes. and these, these farmers out there are seeing it, and they're like, you know what? It solved this problem. Yep. <laughs> I'm uh, going to go cat. down to the shelter. I'm going to get me a <laughs> good barn cat. I I just really, really like that program. Mm -hmm. Um, My father had a few cats that didn't come in the house. They just kind of lived outside Mm -hmm. and all the grain. And I mean, I don't remember ever having a mouse problem on on our land. And that was because dad kept cats. They weren't buddies. I mean, you Mm -hmm. weren't walking up and cuddling them, but They took care of any rodent problem that we had. So yep. I I really do believe in this program. It's it's great that they've gone out, but if farmers out there right now are just hearing about this for the first time, I can come in today and at least get a cat cat, right? Yeah, absolutely. We do have um, quite a few cats that we don't call feral, but would do better in a barn kind of situation. They're not super friendly you know they're not going to be a typical house cat that's going to come around and love on you they're going to be the kind that you know you might see them in the barn every now and then mm. they might come out they might let you pet them <laughs> mm. but most they're going to keep their distance and we've just had a couple of feral cats that have come around and you can touch them now they're just not going to be house cats and see that's the way dad's cats were yeah they'd walk up rub on dad's leg and then that was it that was the most interaction that they wanted to have but uh, they kept everything clean so folks they're still down there if you're looking for someone to take care of any rodent problems you might have to have 
Now, what about dogs, Emmy? Have we seen a lot of adoptions for dogs this month? Um, mainly Marley's puppies. Uh, other than that, I think we've had maybe two of the adult dogs. Two or three. Two or three. Just two know, or three. It's it's been a struggle getting dogs out, and especially you know in a shelter environment, these dogs don't always act their best. Yeah. Because the shelter is a very stressful place to be. So. I always say the best way to meet a dog is doing a one-on-one meeting versus seeing them in their kennel Mm -hmm. because their kennel behavior can be a lot different than the kind of dog they are. That's very different. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. They might not, uh, I mean, you put them in that kennel, some of these dogs have probably never been, you know, forgive the word, caged before, Mm -hmm. and, and they may be suffering from high anxiety. Well, and it's so loud back there, and I mean, even... Even us working over there, it is it is a lot some days. Yeah. So, and so just imagine being a dog, not knowing what's going on, and you're put in this situation where everyone's barking, everyone's upset, and then you're going to be upset. So, right. Yeah. So if I were to want to come and take a look at Marley, say, mm-hmm. how do I set that up so I don't have to go back to the kennels? I just meet you and Marley together? So you can make an appointment with us, and you can either do that by emailing or giving us a call. And we are closed on uh, Sundays, Mondays, but you can always leave us a voicemail and we'll get back to you on Tuesday and set up that appointment for you. So uh, that would probably be the best way to do it. Sometimes we can accommodate for walk-ins for meet and greets like that. But if there's another appointment ahead of you, we only have one meet and greet room. Okay. All right. So we meet in a little room. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now I know you have, you've just recently adopted out one of the two Great Danes. Yes. Now, because you're my wife, I've heard about the work that you had to put in with these two beautiful animals. Yes. Um, how is she? She's the one who's still there, correct? Yes. He got adopted. Yes. So he's off to a family. Yes. What's her behavior like? So, and she is the prime example of when you say kennel behavior is a lot different than mm-hmm. her behavior. Yeah. Because in the kennel, she, I mean... You'd be kind of scared of her, but outside of the kennel, she's very sweet. She's like a cat; she rubs up against you. Yeah, that's a heck of a thing to rub up against. She's huge, but but yeah, she rubs up against your legs. She wants to cuddle. More like your stomach. Yeah, (laughs) more like your stomach. Yeah, that's a good point. She wants to cuddle. She wants to kiss. You know, she is so incredibly sweet outside of the kennel, and. She can be a little shy at first, but she she warms up fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah. She warmed up to me pretty quick. Yeah. What kind of home situation would be best for her? So I'm unsure how she is with dogs because her and Herc, who was just adopted, came in together and they had each other, which adopting siblings out to, together is something we don't do typically because they can either do one of two things, get a pack mentality yeah. where they'll gang up on you or get protective of space with, you know, each other. Yeah. Yeah. Or they get aggressive with each other. So that's typically why we don't allow siblings to go out with each other. And they had the pet, the pack mentality. So everything was a threat to them Mm -hmm. and they needed to be on top wherever they were. So we separated them and that really improved Mm -hmm. their behavior tenfold right off the bat. So I'm not sure how she is with other dogs. I We can always do a dog test if someone's interested in knowing. But I think just 
you know, obviously not a small apartment. She's a large dog. She's a big dog. Yeah, she, she would like a yard because she loves to run around in the yards. Um, just a lot of space for her because she's big. But she's also very sweet and cuddly. So a big comfy bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be that'd perfect. be a big bed. Yeah. <laughs> Better make sure that King you've size. got a good-sized <laughs> yeah. couch for her to lay on, all right? Yes. Uh, this is a great day now, after all, and she's available for adoption as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. She's ready her to go Her name is up. Sheba. Sheba. Yes. All right. Now, how many dogs are being housed over there right now? We have 38 dogs 38. right now. Is that a high number for you, Emmy? Yes. It is? I have two open kennels right now, and the only reason those are open is for strays to come in. Typically, we like to keep a couple more open than that, around four, Mm -hmm. but we haven't been able to with the amount of strays that have come in and stayed versus Mm -hmm. going back home. It's, it's been rough because we have a long surrender list, people waiting to get their dogs in. We get strays in that don't go home. So I can't, I can't get dogs out to bring more dogs in. And that's, that's our struggle right now. And even though the holiday season is coming up um should people kind of take a step back if they're thinking hey little johnny you want a dog i mean it's a great gift but we should make sure that we're ready for that exactly the a dog and a cat are lifetime commitments to them yeah and obviously if you don't feel like you're the best fit for the dog once they get home or the cat then you can bring them back. We we totally understand that. But really think about if your house is set up for an animal, if you are ready to take on the responsibilities of an animal. Because if you get a puppy and they act like a puppy, that's normal. And yeah. you have to train them not to go potty inside the house and how to walk on a leash and things like that. So you have to have that commitment to the animal before you get them. And, you know, there's great YouTube videos out there. If you don't know what you're doing when it comes to training. I love YouTube, yes. Yeah, there are some great YouTube, YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, yeah, yes, I like that. exactly. Uh, it, but it does work. You know, there's a lot of great uh, techniques to getting that done. How about felines? Uh, you said you, we've, we're down to 110. 110. Yep. So we've got at least about 2029 20, out yeah. the door. Um, our list, I mean, we keep a board up front of uh how many adopt or like who has been adopted and i think we're in the double digits for cats right yeah. now yeah Good. it's so, impressive it's impressive it hasn't happened in a while it's, i was gonna say that's usually it's almost kind of flip-flop yeah. if we have a big mm-hmm. rush of adoptions it's usually people usually looking dogs. for a, you know a new dog yeah yeah so that is good to hear. Now, I spoke with the museum at the Bighorns yesterday about Giving Tuesday. The Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter is taking part in Giving Tuesday. Can you tell me what that is? So Giving Tuesday aims to highlight the power of collaborative generosity at the grassroots level with, with the message, every act of generosity counts and everyone has something to give. And so what that would mean for us is donating to the shelter is going to help us provide food, shelter, water, toys, Mm -hmm. love and affection to our animals. (laughs) It can also help with our spay-neuter program, Mm -hmm. which um, currently we do not have the funding for, uh, at the moment anyway. Um, So it could go towards that so that we can help more people spay and neuter their animals. Yes. You know, Bob Barker preached it almost his entire career. 
It is so important it to is. get these animals spayed and neutered. Especially right now. And it's not just a, a problem in Sheridan. It's a problem everywhere. Shelters are overrun mm-hmm. all over the country. Yeah, you have a lot of conversations yes. with other mm-hmm. individuals who run the dogs at shelters. Yes. And they're We're all just in the as same busy. boat. No, yeah. we're, we don't have the space. And I mean, I, I feel lucky that we have the opportunity to be a no-kill shelter because some... Some shelters get to the point where they have to euthanize for space, and we do not do that, thankfully, but it gets to that point with some, Yeah. You know. And when you do trades, you don't trade with no, or you don't trade with kill shelters, No, right? absolutely yeah. not. We only partner with no-kill shelters because that's what our beliefs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic to hear. Now, with this Giving Tuesday, how can somebody give to the shelter? Um. So we... I'm pretty sure we posted on Facebook. There's a link there that you can donate to. Um, you can check your email if you're part of the digital mailing list. Um, go and on I, our you website. You can go on our website, yeah. too, and donate there. We have a donate button on there. Makes and you can always simple. come in, too. You can yeah. come in and give it physically. So there's a couple of ways. makes it pretty easy. Now, if someone doesn't have money to give, you guys have a lot of volunteer opportunities over Absolutely. there as well. Yes. Yep. Um, how how can I come in and volunteer for the shelter? And if I do, what am I going to be doing? So you come in. One, you can put in an application online, and we can get back to you. Or you can come in and physically put in an application. We have them at the desk. Uh, after that, we just kind of screen and figure out, you know, if you're going to have the time commitment and if the time frame is going to work out. Uh, but we typically take volunteers um you know monday all week really monday through sunday um 7 30 to 4 30 we're there all day all of those days even when we're closed typically the thing we need the most help with is cleaning and laundry, laundry. oh my goodness <laughs> yes the laundry is never ending it never ends <laughs> um but we also have our dog walking program and with that, I would actually hand off the application to our head dog walker, and then she would give that person a call and see if they're going to be a fit for the program just because it is more strict than the regular volunteering. They only come Tuesdays and Thursdays. Which can change if we had, had more, more yeah. dog walkers. Right yeah. now, it just with the dog walkers we have, it works Tuesdays and Thursdays from about 9.30 to 11. Um and that's they just walk all the adoptable dogs. And typically right now, most of them get walked. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone gets, gets walked. walked. And yep. then our head dog walker volunteer, she's amazing. She's been with us over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. she she comes and walks um, some of the dogs that have just come in, too. So. What about items for the animals? Toys, blankets, so you guys have more laundry to do. Uh, (laughs) What about things like that? If if I ran down to one of these pet supply stores Mm -hmm. and picked up some Mm -hmm. toys, could I bring those down? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, uh, dogs are always in need of tough, like rubber, hard rubber toys because... They go through them. They go through the <laughs> stuffing <laughs> like crazy. So absolutely, yeah. uh, Even our dogs at home, we've got to mm-hmm. keep an eye on that because uh, yeah, that's yeah, a for, new habit that they've had. It's terrible. I, yeah, I think I, I, I we've got uh, little Hugo. He's our French bulldog, 
I pulled uh, probably, I'd say half a baseball size uh, wad of stuffing out of his mouth over the weekend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the way his head is shaped, you didn't even know it was in there. I'm really, really hoping. Little squirrel. He is. <laughs> I kept reaching up in those lips, and more and more just kept coming. I don't know where the heck he got it from. All right. We'll be back with more from our Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sure. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Lanyap Ministries and Grace Anglican Church will be receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Just in time for your holiday dinners, the Health Nut announces that they have organic and natural turkeys, Beeler's spiral-cut hams, gluten-free and regular stuffing, fresh organic cranberries, organic yams and potatoes, gluten-free and regular gravy, gluten-free and regular dinner rolls, gluten-free and regular homemade pies, dairy-free and regular whipped topping. Order your Thanksgiving pies early. Pick them up to ensure they are fresh. The Health Nut, for healthy holiday dinners. Experience the charm of Buffalo, Wyoming. Welcome to 25 Robinson Lane, a single-family, four-bedroom and three-bath home. Imagine waking up to breathtaking mountain views from your very own wraparound deck. Hardwood floor, central air, and not one but two cozy fireplaces. There's a full walkout basement and two-car-attached garage. 25 Robinson Lane in Buffalo, where Wyoming living meets luxury. Contact Tristan Geis at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Your phone is so smart. It knows where you are, what you like, where you live. And if you're a business that's using digital advertising, the equation is the same as other platforms. If your ad isn't compelling, can't be changed, and your target audience, well, isn't targeted, plus you're stuck in a contract, then you're throwing your money away. Let Sheridan Media help you with your digital advertising. We'll lock in your target audience, create eye-catching ads, and give you more flexibility with your campaign. Find out more by emailing sales at SheridanMedia.com. That's sales at SheridanMedia.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. This morning I'm speaking with Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter Operations Manager Cindy Pop. And from the dog department, I guess you call it yeah. department. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mrs. Emmy Whiting, uh, they have brought along with them today Marley. She's a two to three year old Aussie Blue Healer Chihuahua mix. She is super lovable, folks. I've just been sitting here watching her go from one lap to the other, (laughs) just looking for cuddles. She's fairly small uh, compared to your average blue healer or Aussie. She does have the beautiful blue eyes. She's got the beautiful blue colors. And she's just kind of compact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, really cute. Compact she's a very a good, good size. Kind of yeah. a little, con- yeah, she is a fantastic size. <clears throat> you know what makes me wonder? I know she probably hasn't, to to our knowledge, ever been exposed to livestock, but I think she'd be able to hold her own out there. I've seen smaller oh, I dogs it. do yeah. it. 
but, it's interbreed. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interbreed. I really do think uh, the best place for it, though, would be a nice family in an apartment because this little girl has got a lot of love in her, mm-hmm. folks. So she's available for adoption right now. She just gave us how many puppies? Seven. 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 Yeah. And there's only two of those left. Yeah. And they're much bigger than her, so I don't know what the daddy was. But... <laughs> They've already outgrown her Well, mom. almost. Almost. They're almost. about over half her size yeah. at the moment, and they're, what, two months old? Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> well, just so you folks know, if if you want to give to the shelter, today's the day to do it. Giving Tuesday's taking part. And uh, you can head over there. You can jump on their website, or you can donate in person. And it's not just money. Time can be what you want to donate. They're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for individuals to go over there and take these dogs for a walk. Or if you would like to get them some toys, large, hard rubber toys are best to take down there. These dogs go through these quite quickly. They've got nothing to really do sometimes except sit in a kennel and chew. So uh, they could always use those. Or you could go help do some laundry because apparently that is a never-ending process. (laughs) There are a few upcoming events that will also give you opportunities to help the shelter. Tell me about the upcoming Pet Pictures with Santa. Yeah, so um, it'll be at Landon's Greenhouse on December 2nd. That's a Saturday. It'll be 11 to 3 and it's through FFF Photography, and all the benefits will go to the shelter. So oh, Santa fantastic. will be there to take pictures with your fur babies. And it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like it'd I be pretty fun. I love seeing all the pictures from it. What a great Christmas card to receive. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the fur babies with Santa. <laughs> now, uh, the shelter will also be holding a New Year's Eve gala. Tell me about this big thing. Yeah, so that'll be December 31st, um, which is a Sunday. Um, it'll be held at the Quintana Ballroom, which is also, I think, where they hold the Shall We Dance, or it's the Shall We Dance studio. Uh, so all the benefits will go to the shelter. We are actually not putting it on ourselves. Someone else is putting it on in benefit to us. So we don't have oh, how nice. a whole lot to do with it. Yeah, it's kind of nice because we're... <laughs> We're don't not, have to go do any decorating. Oh, we don't have to do it's any wonderful. Of the decorating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we really appreciate um, it so much. We do, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be entertainment all night long. They're going to have performers, music, dancers. Yeah, yeah. Um, a martini bar, I think. So there's going to be. I think also they're having lo- um, caterers. They're local too. chefs. Local chefs. Oh wow, fancy! Too, so. And this is going to be the Roaring Twenties theme, right? Roaring Twenties. Yes. yes. And if we were in town, if you we and were, I, yep. we would be going to this because this sounds so, like so much fun. It really does. Yeah. You know, giving you an opportunity to kind of get dressed up in like a oh, yeah. flapper oh, outfit. I love it. So cute. That would be really fun. I actually went to something similar last year. It was um, a 1940s winter ball in Denver. And it was a blast. Yeah. It was so fun. And, you know, just it, we don't get a lot of opportunities up here to get kind of dressed up, dressed up yeah. and, and fancied up. And this yeah, is a great opportunity best. to do right. it. Yeah. yeah. Go with the get great Gatsby look. <laughs> yes. you know? um, that sounds like it's pretty fun. Now, uh, where can we pick up tickets for this gala? Um, so you'll have to go. I actually I think you can do it online or at the Y.O. Theater or 
the Shall We Dance studio. Um, I think they also have, they made a Facebook and an Instagram for it. Um, the Instagram is NYE, wow, I don't even know, N-Y-E-G-A dot L-A. So... <laughs> Kind of had so to get fancy with that they name. Yeah, they did. I was like, wow, okay. I, I'm sure the OG was already taken. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, they added me, so. <laughs> but yeah, you can go on there. You can go on their Facebook. Um, they're doing ads all the time. They're doing cute little videos of their setup and some of the decorations that they're getting. So if you want to kind of get a sneak peek of what it's going to look like, you can go to that Instagram or their Facebook and look at that too well there you go go folks you know if you're looking for something to do on new year's nye gala the benefit for the dog and cat shelter december 31st there are limited tickets and a hundred percent of the sale proceeds will go to help our local shelter can't ask for more than that going out having a great time while also benefiting somebody all right. Ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for bringing Marley. She's oh, absolutely yes. sweet. I don't think she's going to be at that shelter no. too long. No, I don't think so either. Someone, someone that lovable, you no. know, and that cute <laughs> isn't going to stick around long. I greatly appreciate both of you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with Sheridan College. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. The following message presented by First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan's only mutual bank. Visit efirstfederal.bank. Hi, Ranchester Mayor Peter Clark inviting you to the annual High Mountain Holiday Arts and Crafts Bazaar, Saturday, December 2nd, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Ranchester Town Hall. There will be 45 vendors of handmade arts, crafts, and sweets, complimentary coffee, hot chocolate, and tea, free lunch from a nominate coffee house starting at 11. Come and get some of your holiday shopping done and have some fun. See you there. The 26th Annual Christmas Wish Campaign continues in the committee's hard at work assessing and granting wishes. Here's another wish we recently received. Dear Christmas Wish, it's been an extremely tough year for our family of five, as I'm sure it has been for a lot of families. We lost our medical insurance earlier this year, and we've had to cover those costs out of pocket. So buying food and other essentials, such as laundry, soap, and shampoo, have been a real challenge. Our simple wish is for food and hygiene items for the holidays. Thank you for all you do in helping this time of year. If you're willing to help this Sheridan family, the best way to do so is with a cash donation to the Christmas Wish Program. You can do that online at SheridanMedia.com or bring it to our offices at 1716 Caraway Lane. And thank you to this year's community partners, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Advanced Auto Body, Wyoming Corporate Office, Odell Construction, Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, and Heartland Kubota. Are you facing foreclosure or pre-foreclosure and you don't know what to do? Do you want to still be able to walk away with some equity before you lose your property? While Renovation is here to help, While Renovation will come to your home, evaluate the value, and make your cash offer with minimal bank involvement. You can avoid the foreclosure process, keep your record clean, and walk away with some equity. Find out more at wirerenovation.com or find them on Facebook. 
Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. This is Ken here at Prime Rate Motors, where we understand everybody's situation is different. We recently had a customer that needed to keep his ranch truck, not traded in. What he needed was a car for town. After visiting with him, we discovered that what he did have was an extra stock trailer. We were able to take that trailer in as a trade-in and got him a nice economy car that was good on gas and easy to park downtown. Stop in. Let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. Our $5,000 gift card giveaway is going on right now. Ho, ho, ho. Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Today and every weekday until December 22nd, we're giving away $250 in gift cards. Five $50 gift card winners each weekday for a grand total of $5,000 in Sheridan Commercial Company gift cards. Don't miss out. You can't win if you don't come in and register. Sign up today and every day. Merry Christmas from all of us at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. What are your marketing goals for your business? There are many advanced marketing strategies and tools that continue to emerge. At Sheridan Media, we're constantly combining new and traditional methods of marketing to get you the highest return on your investment. We invite you to sit down with us, meet with one of our creative consultants, and together we'll customize a marketing plan. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned media company ready to go to work for you. Welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For our second part this morning, I am joined by the coordinator of music theory and technology at Sheridan College, Dr. Christian Erickson, and director of strings and orchestral studies, Dr. Mark Bergman. Good morning, gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, love it when you guys come in, because I can actually talk like theory about certain things, which we will get to. But uh, how's your fall semester going? Uh, pretty good. Very fast. It, it feels like it's flying yeah, by. Yeah. Now, uh, we got a lot of students out there this year interested in some music. We do. And, you know, it just seems like it gets better and better every semester. And we're fortunate to have some, some great support by uh, our, our college to build our program. And actually, a lot of that leadership was provided by Chris, who was our department chair for many years. So. Now, let me ask your opinion on something. I'm not saying that uh, individuals who I went to school with weren't good because they are the teachers of today. But do you feel that the music programs within our school systems have improved uh, on, you know, what they teach, how they teach it? And by the time the students are reaching you, they're a little higher caliber? I think they've 
um, done a great job considering the the challenges of um, funding and and the attention spans of, of modern day teenagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot to uh, a lot of challenges, and I, I think it's really difficult to teach uh, at the K through 12 level. But when they the students who do come through, they're they're well prepared, and they're they're the ones who are interested in, in majoring in music tend to exhibit a lot of curiosity and, and have a wide range of tastes. And so that's a, that's great, um, you know, sort of raw material for which we can uh, sculpt, I guess. Dr. Bergman, do you feel that social media has had an impact on that? Because even me, a layman who doesn't play anything, is sitting out there watching reels, you know, and, and maybe it's the things that I'm interested in, but I see a lot of orchestral video and things like that that pop up. Do you think kids are being exposed to more classical music, to strings, to piano, and, and getting that kind of uh, knowledge before they go in? Well, social media certainly presents both some challenges and some opportunities uh, as people learn about music in this contemporary generation, but certainly the ubiquity of classical music in short video clips um, has exposed people to music that they might not otherwise have the opportunity to engage with. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with that. With that. Exposing you to music that you wouldn't go find on your own. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, a, a lot of that exposure took place through things like cartoons, like Bugs Bunny cartoons, What's <laughs> Opera Doc. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, that was a kind of a, a backdoor to, <laughs> to be introduced to, uh, to some of the classics of the repertoire. It really was. Uh, come to think of it, that was probably one of my first exposures to it. Uh, seeing it on Bugs Bunny and watching that opera episode that uh, everyone yeah. knows so well. Uh, I, I, I can't hear Wagner anymore without yeah. thinking, kill the rabbit, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Tom and Jerry did the same thing. They always had some sort of piano and Jerry running through it. But they were playing classical music along with it. And I think that was a fantastic exposure for us. Now, on December 3rd, the Cinematic Symphony will be taking stage in Kinnison Hall. Uh, I'll start with you, Dr. Erickson. What is this? Um, well, this is Dr. Bergman's um, uh, fall concert with the uh, Sheridan College Symphony Orchestra, and it has a theme of um, classics that were used in movies and um, very, very specific to certain movies, I I'll let him speak more to that. But um, yeah, it's going to be essentially a, a and and there is a there is a new piece that I wrote that's that's sort of inspired by film music, contemporary film music, and uh, yeah, it's a fantastic piece. Yeah, is is it what I've got? It is. Yeah, it is. Do, do you want to jump yeah, right into we, that? Let's, let's go ahead and play that. Uh, Steve, would you take care of us on that? absolutely beautiful oh well thanks <laughs> uh the music sample we just heard 
is adventure to me. That is adventure. Climbing a mountain, sailing the seas, uh, heading out on on some sort of adventure. Excuse me. Can you, what is it about music that does that to people? Like if we were to sit down and watch a movie and remove all the music from it, I think we'd all be bored. Yeah, you know, the music definitely um, moves the story along. It, uh, it can comment. It can play against the, uh, the actual visuals to, to create a sense of unease. Uh, it's, it's very versatile in its use in, in cinema. Dr. Bergman, why did you choose, like, a cinematic show? Well, I, I think we live in a very visual culture. And so um, figuring out ways to encourage a kind of interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary engagement with symphonic music, I think, is a way of expanding audiences and finding new ways to reach people. Now, for this upcoming concert, how long did it take you to arrange the music that's going to be presented? And why did you choose the ones that you did? Well, I, I chose pieces that were really great pieces of music, staples of the repertoire, but also um, pieces that were associated with films that many people might know. So the first piece on the program is the opening movement of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake Suite, which is taken from the ballet Swan Lake. And um, it was featured prominently in the film Black Swan, which starred Natalie Portman. It was a kind of psychological horror film um, in the 19, I think the 2000s, 2010 maybe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the year was for that film, but there are a couple other uh, other films that were um, feature some of this music, including uh, Die Hard 2, the oh. Bruce Willis <laughs> film, which features the uh, the composition Finlandia by Jean Sibelius. And this is a fin- Finnish nationalistic work that was composed when the people in Finland were under threat by the Russian army. And uh, it's a stirring, you know, heroic piece of music that uh, channels the nationalist ambitions of the Finns. And it was used to great effect as the pilot is attempting to land the plane in the finale of Die Hard 2. Um, we're going to be playing the, the slow movement of Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, which was featured in The King's Speech. That's a film that starred Colin Firth uh, as um, the, king, the king of the United Kingdom, who has a speech impediment but has to learn to overcome that speech impediment in order to uh, give an important speech to the country to, to rally the nation. Uh, the fourth piece on the program is the soundtrack to How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> oh, and uh, that's been a, a, a big franchise for me and my family. We've really enjoyed those films, and this is an opportunity to play some of the music for our community here in Sheridan. Uh, and then uh, before we play Chris's fantastic, epic, awesome miniatures, we're going to be performing um, Mazorgsky's Night on Bald Mountain which is the composition that was featured in the Disney film Fantasia, where the, the demons kind of come out of the pit. And uh, it's a very kind of Halloween-y sort of film. Oh, it's, it's when I was a child, that was my favorite section of Fantasia, that, that mystery and, and slight evil. But then it was followed by something like a very peaceful melody. That's exactly right. Calming yeah. the night. You That's know, right. It, it's just... It, really really inspired me as 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 a writer uh to to see and hear that you know it was so influential and i I, just you mentioning it right now i realized how influential that piece of music has been in my own life how long will the concert be 
Oh, it'll be about 80 minutes long from start to finish. I, I should also mention that in addition to having the opportunity to collaborate with my colleague, Chris, who composed the music for Epic Awesome Miniatures, the orchestra will also be performing with the Sheridan College Choirs, which are directed by another member of our music faculty, Dr. Robert Cerny. Uh, you know, I don't know how Sheridan College got so lucky to have uh, such a strong music department. Uh, I, I'm sure other departments are just as strong, but uh, you guys are, are really gifted. I mean, composers and, and teachers, and, and you can explore the philosophy of music and sound as well. Uh, Doc, how long did it take you to sit down and write this piece of music? Is this something that once you kind of understand the mechanics, you hear it, Easily, or, or do you have to really find something? Well, for this particular piece, um, it's, it's meant to be sort of a, a kind of a, a spoof and a, hom a homage to, um, you know, contemporary film scores. It's a little over the top uh, because, you know, I've got the choirs singing in four different languages, and <laughs> we have um, electronics embedded with it, and so it, it does have this very cinematic over-the-top sound. And so when I, I first challenged myself to write a movement, and, and the movement we just heard, that was the first one I wrote, and I sent it to Dr. Bergman just to see if he'd be interested in you know, programming this if I fleshed it out. Um, after that, you know, the, the, the movements came very quickly to me. It was just kind of, because I'm, I'm, I'm drawing upon these sort of stock tropes of film music that we, we hear. I'm not saying it's super. Gen well, it is a little generic, but <laughs> I, it, it gave me something to work with, some parameters, some restrictions. Yeah. And um, and I find having those sort of being in a box and and seeing how creative I can be within that box is really inspirational, and and so it's much easier for me to compose versus you know the the blank paper. You know, almost I, too much feel, freedom. Yeah, exactly. You know, I. I can identify with you on that a little bit, not not to your level, but when it comes to writing, I can remember uh, in college thinking, God, you know, they're putting so many restrictions on us. I can't just go off and do whatever. But it makes you take a step back and be able to work, as you said, within that box. Here's your tools. And and now that you're kind of out here and, and you almost have too much freedom, what are you going to write about? Well, and then you stare off into the universe for a half hour trying to figure that out because you don't have those parameters or that foundation to build the house on. Now, when it comes to tickets, Dr. Bergman, where do I need to go? Uh, so you can go to sheridan.edu forward slash arts, and um, that gives you all the information that you need uh, in order to uh, find information about the concert and um, you can uh, get tickets at the box office at the college campus now I know I'm not unusual in this I'm, I'm this is probably par for the course but sitting there listening to music closing my eyes to see the flashes of light and and that go along with the melody um, music like this in inspires uh, to bring one to action or, or to move one emotionally, I'm going to ask you both a, a very serious question. Can you speak on just one instance when you were so moved or motivated by a piece of music that it really stuck in your memory, Dr. Bergen? Sure. Um, 
So I, I'm going to reference one of the composers that's on our program, Tchaikovsky. And he wrote the Swan Lake Suite, uh, which we're going to be playing the first movement on, uh, on this orchestral concert. But the, the, his sixth symphony is called the Pathétique. And um, this music is often interpreted as Tchaikovsky's suicide note. He was, he was deeply troubled. He was persecuted for being gay. He um, you know, had all kinds of professional challenges in his life. And, um, and he, according to legend, drank polluted water during a cholera epidemic, and it killed him. And the last, Well, nobody knows for sure, but, oh. but that, is, that, is the, that is the narrative. And the last movement of this piece of music, uh, you know, traditionally a symphony ends in a, in a big, rousing finale, but Tchaikovsky put a slow movement at the beginning and a slow movement at the end. At the very end of this piece, there's this descending gesture that happens in the, um, in the bassoons, and there's a heartbeat gesture that occurs in the double bass, and it goes on. Bum, 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 oh, could you bum. move that mic just oh. a little closer? To bum, 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 like this. And then it slows down, and it slows down, and it slows down. And the last time, instead of getting, getting two pulses, you only get one. And that's how the piece ends. Oh, wow. It is, it's just, it's tragic. It's, um, it's, it's beautifully tragic. And, uh, and Tchaikovsky's ability to evoke emotion in that way, I think, is one of the reasons he's regarded as such a, an important and, and canonic composer. It just, it amazes me. That sound can move us so emotionally. Um, it, it's done the same to me uh, in, in many instances. Dr. Erickson. Um, well, sticking with our cinematic um, theme here today, I remember uh, I, when I was a youngster and I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time. And I, I knew very little about it, uh, and it was showing as a part of a, like a, a preview before its proper release. I remember it was at, at, this was in Rapid City, the Elks Theater, I remember it very vividly. And um, I, I, I had to kind of talk my way to get in because the main feature was, you know, a, a restricted horror movie. <laughs> So they, they, I had no interest in seeing that, of course. And so, uh, but I did get in and I saw it and it was the, it was the scene where, um, Indiana Jones is in the well of the souls and he, and he finds the map room. Um, oh, actually that's not the well of the souls, but the, the map room is what, yeah. and, and the, the light is coming through the staff of raw and, and showing us the location of where the, the arc is. And if you, you watch that scene uh, and turn the, the the music off or the sound off. You know, it's essentially just some guy standing in a room <laughs> waiting for the sun to come up. You know, right, it's pretty boring. But the score underneath that was so amazing and harrowing. It had this um, these eerie voices in it and this uh, and these minor chords. And I just remember, you know, having a physiological reaction to it where my heart started pounding and I'm just when I think back on it again it's just a guy <laughs> watching for for the sun to come up but it became so much more than that yeah just because of the film the, th the throne room scene in Star Wars is the same way yeah oh, it's, okay. without yeah. the music it's just a bunch of people standing yeah. around <laughs> exactly yeah. you remove the music and it's just a guy with a stick or a yeah. guy sitting in a chair uh, but with that back there it, it just invokes so much emotion and setting. Uh, it's, it's almost as if, uh, you know, individuals who walk into a room full of tension uh, 
Uh, in real life, we can feel that. In the movies, as we're watching it, we can't feel that tension. So we add music to provide that tension. Or, or, or as you said in previously, Dr. Erickson, the horror movies, you know, with that eerie screeching off in the distance, building up that tension to finally, you know, the bad guy or the good guy making the killing blow, you know, bringing it all down together. As you speak with your students and you play these, these works of music, has anyone told you, you know, hey, I'm inspired Hans, Hans Zimmer or John Williams, as you said, that you have been, and that's the reason why they got involved in music in the first place? Yeah, I've had, I've had lots of examples of, or students have come to, to be interested in music via, say, media like video games. Um, there's mm-hmm. some amazing scores that are being written for those you know, grade A titles, and you know that's how they became interested in creating music. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is a, a newer medium. Uh, you know, something that kind of came on the scene with our generation, but now, boy, multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. It does. Uh, so very serious composers, very serious people. There are compo- there are orchestras that will play orchestral concerts of video game music. Oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, Doctor, I've run out of time. Would you tell me one last time where I need to go to uh, experience the Cinematic Symphony? Sheridan.edu forward slash arts. And I'll just quickly mention there are two other events, musical events taking place at Sheridan College on December 8th and 9th, Holiday Swing. You'll need to get your tickets in advance. And also um, Dr. Robert Cerny will be directing the Sheridan College Choirs on December 12th in a program featuring Rudder and Sasson. Oh, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. All right, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for coming in here and speaking with me this morning. It is always a pleasure having you in here so I can kind of explore my my thoughts on music. And uh, although they're, they're the layman's, uh, you never make me feel like that. Thank you. Thanks, Floyd. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share it. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio.